could have done that as a part of a wider movie release, though. Well, yeah, if they were really... <clears throat> Maybe they should have been like, Maleficent and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the same audience. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> little, I don't know, Little Girls, and uh, also they're playing music by The Runaways. <laughs> and then you mentioned on the episode that aired this week, but that was recorded two weeks ago. Excuse that me. Uh, that Marvel or that Disney is doing like a weird Disney princess version of the Runaways. Like here are all the the descendants, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. the they they're doing the the kids, the villains' kids. I saw an image of Kristen Chenoweth as Maleficent, uh-huh. and she is like, it's weird. Okay, when you said she the Runaways, a... I, I pictured the you know the, the Marvel, uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what uh, I meant. Punk band. Oh, well, that's why I was confused. I was doing, I was saying both because the, it's like, the Marvel's the Runaways I'm... reference, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that Marvel is using a Runaways. I'm picking song. up on what you're putting down. <laughs> I thought you would like it. It was a multi. It was multi-dimensional. Well, there. That's why I was confused. I was We're like, dealing with the multiverse. Because they just had a Runaways biopic. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I was confused. <laughs> yeah, but um, I will never watch that. But why? Kristen Stewart. She's pretty good as Joan Jett. I've heard that. I've never seen it. Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, yeah she, she's just bad in movies uh, that are uh, beneath her contempt, like uh, uh, Sparkly Vampire films. What, uh, Dakota Fanning? Is that Dakota Fanning, yeah. Is I a, think she's like uh, Lita Ford or uh, Sandy West. Uh, I met Lita Ford. Okay. She's nice. Huh. All right. Okay. All right. There's not really a story. I just met her at a convention. I was like, hi, oh, you're Lita Ford. And she's like, yes, I am. I'm aware oh. of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's one of those weird occurrences where you're in a hallway and you're like, or you're taking an, I was taking an elevator with the con runner because he was showing us around. I'm like. And that was the first time I sucked dick for crack. What? <laughs> uh, Why was that so contemptible <laughs> that you had to hit the space bar? It was literally a 20 second story. <laughs> You just anticipated that it was going to be a five-minute story. It was no. I just said literally the whole story was yeah. I met Lita Ford once in an elevator. Seriously, you hit the space bar just. Did she? Because that would have been gratifying. <laughs> uh, Dave was like, I was going to listen to your uh, rambling uh, story, Gabe, but I decided to just keep on living and hit pause. You're building <laughs> up this like legend, and it's I like that you do that, but the problem is like it means I can't tell a 30-second story that might be of interest. So now if there is ever a really long well, story... Well, I think, I think <laughs> previous uh, 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 experiences with you shows us that you have a, a different definition of time than the rest of us. <laughs> time is a flat circle. Yeah. Time. But, Speak, speaking of time, well, I'm, I'm hopping in here Is it time quick. to press the space bar for the 15th time? No, uh, we've already played the title music. Did we? Uh, 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 well, okay. Was first it Cherry Bomb? Because I'd love that. Hi, everybody. Episode. Welcome to Kind of Epic Show. <laughs> I'm David. I'm David. Andrew's I'm David. Well, yeah, Andrew's here with us. Yeah. First and, time in a while that you've been here. How yeah. long has it been? I don't know. I'm a busy motherfucker. I know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Me too. And obviously Gabe is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of time... Oh, Gabe's in this? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Off you just gave that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Really? David, if that, if that was oh, a, a Russian so novel, not... that would have been crime and punishment? <laughs> I'm so not used to being put up upon or bullied. I mean, my last name's Canada, like as if there wasn't a genre of jokes regarding that. Again, evolving time, today is actually the eighth anniversary of the doctor saying goodbye to Rose on Bad Wolf Bay. A little bit of Doctor Who trivia there for you. And in sports uh, trivia, it's uh, 40 years since the decision. And Eight in other years? sports Eight trivia, years. the Cubs are still losing. Was that the end of series oh, two? I'm sorry. Yeah. So they've only done like six series since then? <laughs> yeah. So they're about two years behind? <laughs> well, it makes sense. They had the David Tennant specials yeah. over the course of 09. Which but... no one calls a season because they're not. No. <laughs> and then Matt Smith's <laughs> specials. Did you hear about the uh, Sherlock? Yeah, oh, that it's actually, special? yeah, but well, it's just going to the... take place during the events of the last episode. Well, they're doing a, a special, and then they're, they're, the other season got announced, too. Yeah. But it's so. in, until 2015, is it? Yeah. Because they're a... working around the schedules for the mm-hmm. fourth, thir- how many friggin' Hobbit films are there now? Three. Three. It's just a three. Yeah, so there's still the three. So the third Hobbit film, which I'm assuming is done. Yeah, it comes no out idea. in December. Yeah, yeah. and so then... So they've got to just be doing post What are the other things that Martin Freeman and him are doing? I mean, I know they're busy, busy people, He did Fargo. Fargo. Fargo is, I think it's getting a second season order. So that well, that one's gonna be. It's kind of like True Detective in the sense that it's gonna recast. It's uh, ever uh, characters. Well, not characters. It's uh, it's gonna focus on new characters every season. It's not gonna have recurring characters. Kind of like American Horror Story, except I know like Mm -hmm. some of the same actors involved sometimes, right? Yeah. 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 Wait, is that what True Detectives doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. Matthew McConaughey and Woody aren't coming back. Are you kidding? Because no. I thought forever. they had this whole they had that whole arc where I mean, like, well, they did. They told a complete story, yeah, they, and they, I they, felt they like really there were still gaps, or because you're wondering, like, what is that final transformation from from them in the past to them in the future? Yeah, I thought there was going to no. be some middle ground covered. Well, no, because did, they didn't need to. Everything was covered. It was complete. I yeah. Mean, I don't know uh, what the hell you want. What more yeah. you want from him? I mean, essentially, Matthew McConaughey went out for eight years and drank in Alaska, and then came back, or what was it, ten years, and yeah. then came back and started to reinvestigate the uh, the Yellow King. Thing. He's a he's yeah. a blonde haired Wolverine. <laughs> it was awesome. I love True Detective. Yeah, I, that I mean, it's easily like the one of the best things I've seen this yeah. year. Mm. Uh, I, I I like watched the first three episodes one night, and then the next day it just got through all five of them. Nice. It was yeah. So, so good. fucking good. The writing yeah. and the direction on it is just phenomenal. I, I mean, the, 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 yeah, all eight episodes were written by the same guy, and all eight episodes were directed by the same guy. Disappointingly, uh, next season, they're going to have different directors on ah, each episode. That's, that's unfortunate, uh, It's going to be written by the same guy, but, mm-hmm. yeah, different directors. Speaking of fabulous directing, I wanted to, because I, I didn't get the I haven't had the opportunity to see this film, but the majority of the table has, and I'm really curious to hear more about it. Um, can you can you tell us about Snowpiercer, which you guys have all seen? It's one of the best movies of the year. It's one I'm oh, hearing, and I want to I want to hear more about this. Uh, it, it, like, well, well, spoiler alert, because I doubt we'll keep quiet. So hopefully you won't get upset by that. It's a sci-fi set piece that I know. I mean, truthfully, because I, I most people are going into the theater with very little knowledge of the story. Um, I mean, the fact that I'd, I'd followed the graphic novel, the fact that it finally got reprinted, uh, published in English again after like 30 years. I don't know that it ever was published in English in the first place. It was a French mm. um, graphic novel, which oddly enough, another film based on a French graphic novel, Noah. I have oh. the posters to prove it. Mm. I got the poster for just, I didn't see the movie, 
I had no interest in seeing it, but I got a poster for going to see, I think it was Maleficent. They just handed me a poster for Noah. I don't know why. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. to get rid of them. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious to to, to see what you guys' opinion were of the movie. And uh, the first, I think, English release from the director, Jun Huo Bong. Um, which well, I Andrew was about to speak, so. <laughs> uh, one thing that really impressed me with it, uh, the, just the world building, like it's, you know, it's a very, you know, it's like effortless world building, like where they, like, they don't, you know, beat you over the head with it, like they hint at other large stuff and you kind of, you know, kind of uh, put the, uh, two and two together. Kind of kind of reminds me of like uh, the world building like in Harry Potter or uh, mm-hmm. really uh, Pacific Rim, like where. Uh, where you just kind of see stuff in background, like background characters or like doing certain just things like in the, uh, the, the tail end of the train, like uh, like seeing uh, like the materials that you uh, scavenge to build beds. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's like it's like it's like you know in this case there's a paradigm shift of you know how the world works because of uh, you know the uh, falling temperatures and it's like the kaiju in the Pacific Rim, you know, complete change and you know what's mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 premise is that. We thought we figured out a way to battle global warming, and we shot these chemicals in the air that... Sulfur dioxide, presumably. I don't know. It's something else. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't really matter. It just causes a new... (laughs) That's a nice uh, Monicus reference. It's like M370 or something like that. Yeah, it causes some sort of uh, uh, ice age that doesn't allow anything Mm. to survive outside of... Outside, yeah. So, which that'll be good for. I think it'll probably be next week's episode, depending on the the schedule. Maybe two weeks from now, but definitely, hopefully, before the end of July, we'll have Tobias Bacalis. And you made fun of us last time because you thought the geoengineering sounded like the plot from the Austin Powers movies. Like it sounded remember, like the uh, the Doctor Evil laser. We talked about the uh, using it to heat up the world's oceans with the laser, and then you thought it sounded like the plot of like Austin Powers two or something. Sorry for that sidetrack, because that's yeah. all I can contribute. <laughs> <laughs> and now back to the actual discussion. Yeah. How about you stop interrupting and let the people who've seen the movie discuss it? I had to get my interrupting out of the way so that I could not interrupt anymore. Uh, but, uh, Where were we? You were talking about the fact that it was well, good yeah. world building. You are talking about the uh, well, global well, warming was the initial paradigm. Yeah, so uh, it, essentially all of humanity is just stuck on this 20-car train that's traveling around the world. Before the uh, the... Ice Age happened. Somebody had set up a, a luxury train liner that travels around the world. That's why all the rest of the cars at the beginning of the or the front of the train are so nice because it's meant to you know uh, cater to insanely rich people. <laughs> I, did, I did have one question. Did they keep um, talking about the train? Obviously, as a central theme. I I like trains, but um, did they keep? So, so does Wilford. Oh. <laughs> did they keep? Did they keep the? Um, uh, some of the weirder stuff from the graphic novel, like is the train partly sentient? Like, does it have a uh, part of it that is kind of sci-fi element that it's well, partly alive? No, I mean, or there, I, there was a the, way that the food was well, manufactured. Well, well, <laughs> hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Maybe, maybe there was. This is going towards the end of the movie. You know, the parts that the kids were working yeah. said it, the parts died out years ago. Yeah. Maybe at one point it was alive and they then had to replace the kid. No, I thought they were just talking about mechanical bits. Like, I mean, the kid in the floor is just sitting there doing a routine task again and again. Yeah. So I just thought they were replacing, using the tiny ass kids to replace mechanical oh, bits. That could be. I don't know. I was just trying to think of maybe. It sounds like a Doctor Who episode. One thing, like, you know, like, because uh, there's been, been a couple of think pieces about, you know, only, like, maybe, like, glance, you know, one or two uh, 
But a really good one on uh, the, uh, I think we like Emily uh, Nussbaum or Emily Rosenberg in the mm-hmm. Washington Post. Uh, she had an opinion piece. Uh, people are like, you know, trying to label this like, you know, a, a liberal movie or a conservative movie. Like it, but really, like if anything, it's a it's a criticism of uh, order and bureaucracy because you know uh, that's like one of the themes that you know it's repeated like with uh, Tilda Swinton's character uh, talking about order and you know mm-hmm. it's uh, we can't upset this order. You know it's and they're you know following order rather than you know. Uh, well, yeah, and, it, human beings. and it's the cast as well. I mean, I think that's a good chance for you to bring it. You mentioned Tilda Swinton. How about you it. stop directing? <laughs> <laughs> stop trying to force the conversation. Uh, I will. Um, actually, uh, brought up the order thing like uh, a few times throughout the movie, like when they're going through the uh, aquarium uh, uh, car. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, the balance so, thing, and mm-hmm. then uh, how, and even when they uh, uh, Curtis. Captain America. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking of him as Captain America throughout the entire thing. I'm not a leader. <laughs> uh, well, maybe, maybe you yeah, are. Yeah, uh, Carrie. Bad things happen to him on trains. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> made the joke when he uh, got got to the car where everybody's got the axes and shit. She was like, "Get that man a shield." <laughs> but anyway, yeah, when he uh, uh, shows up at the engine at the front of the train with Wilford, Wilford starts talking about how the train needs to work as a you know a system an ecological system in itself and mm-hmm. enable to it to sustain to stay alive yeah um so yeah i mean that is definitely a, a big theme of the movie mm-hmm. is the idea of you know a, a system that i don't know from my point of view <laughs> seems to be taken down because of human morality. Because, <laughs> you know, Wilfred offers uh, uh, Captain America the chance to take over the job. <laughs> uh, take over the job of you know, running the train, of being the... Uh, the director the... of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, of, of being the leader on the train. And he almost goes for it until the drugged out Asian chick comes in and uses her latent psychic abilities to realize... You know, Wilfred's using kids as you know parts in the train, yeah. and that's when Cap says, "Oh fuck this!" <laughs> and because of that, you know, the train crashes, and it looks like you know humanity is dead at that point, all because Cap made that the you know that moral decision of we can't go on like this, we can't live like this, and call ourselves humans. That's brilliant. That's why I've heard it compared to a French watchman. I guess mm. that maybe is an apt parrot or apt. Uh... Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh... I can see that, like, because of, you know the hard moral choices present, present at the end, and like you know, uh, there's really not a, there's really not you know uh, a pleasant mm. outcome. You know, either way you go. I guess mm. this one they actually go through with it. They say, "What is the moral thing to do?" Well, the moral thing to do, I guess, is to let humanity die rather than. Well, well yeah. Are, are you well, slave to your morals? If uh, is survival more important than morality? Well, we do survive. Well, the yeah. human race does survive. But, yeah, they're like two kids actually survive, and they cu- get out of the train and realize that the temperatures yeah, are rising, there. and that yeah, life can live outside of the train uh. now. So they're like the only two members of humanity left. But me and Carrie are having that uh, discussion of whether it would have been a better ending if they would have just cut off at the train crashing. I mean, you think everybody's dead, and that's just how the movie ends. <laughs> no, I I don't think it would have. Mm. I think I, I think it's good to show uh, because I'm mean, Alan could still die. Yeah. But it leaves you with a little bit of hope. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, like to start to interrupt. Uh, oh, but, you're fine. But to like go with David's like where like you know the you know kind of uh, ambiguous ending. Uh, 
uh, like, you know, have them exiting the train, but don't show the polar bear because then it's like, you know, you wonder, yeah. was your dad right about the melting temperatures? Uh, that's very true. They could have just cut out the polar bear, show him escaping, mm-hmm. because then it's still somewhat of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But then you're still left like, well, <laughs> they, oh, shit. They could have went the Futurama route and just showed Al Gore's head in a jar talking about the vice presidential uh, action leak. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the polar bear thing made me laugh just because uh, I Lost. sort of well, <laughs> I was they just weren't. sort of picturing the polar bear kind of sitting there watching the, the last of humanity. I was like, "Ha, I beat you!" <laughs> you <laughs> like, oh my god, I just ran away from an avalanche. <laughs> okay, darker ending. Do you think the kids get eaten by the polar bear? I hope so. <laughs> because let's be honest, the polar bears eat people in regular time. Maybe he's remember. There's a genetic memory, like oh. Children yeah, are tasty. He probably wasn't alive then. He's no. like, y'all got any of that uh, Coca-Cola? <laughs> 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 well, okay. I would love to title the episode that if it would make sense. Well, but... How did the polar bear survive? Th- that's what I'm wondering. Like, I wonder, like, if maybe, uh, maybe the effects of that were uh, of uh, were exaggerated. That maybe there's still pockets of humanity underground or something that you know have survived. Oh, maybe. Well, polar yeah, bears just have natural insulation. All been insulation, stuck on though. that train for for. 18 years, yeah, yeah. without realizing that there were was life outside. Yeah, there would have had to have been mm. for that polar bear to be yeah. out there. I mean, <laughs> if it killed the entire planet, that polar bear could have survived outside the train by their standards. Yeah. Now, polar bears do have, nat- like, to get sciency for a moment, like, they do have incredible natural insulating properties. They can survive in environments that would not be livable by yeah. humans by any understanding. But where's their food source? Uh? Yeah. Yeah. I would say possibly, like, Arctic, I mean, I mean other other Arctic animals that are, I mean, have lived in that source. They're primarily, their food source is, is going to be things true, like true, but, seals and, and other marine mammals. Well, but, that when are, you, but when you, like, uh, like, you know, as I talk about uh, in the film, like, you know, if you fuck with the balance somewhere, you know, it's... The whole thing is derailed, so like you know, uh, it makes you. Well, wonder. part of it is well, they've been they've been acclimatized. Now they're having issues with adjusting to the shift that we were experiencing. I mean, I guess I've always had kind of the the issue like, how what are these like different epochs of time when we have these mass extinction events? What are the things that survive? And it's usually something that's well, other than transformers, <laughs> uh, other than giant robot creatures. I mean, it's usually I mean, yeah, it's either like the tiny stuff or it's like the megafauna that have survived previous changes. Well, we and have... so things like crocodiles. Or, I mean, yeah, true. I, I, so I feel like maybe this is one of those things where it would be adapted, where like maybe you would have like instead of the damn dirty apes, you have the damn dirty polar bears. But it seems as a, the way they established the world at the beginning was that it, it does everything, it, especially when they pass through those cities. That that everything is dead. But uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe the polar bear. Well, because it's like a literal I, nuclear winter. Not the same yeah. effect, but like the fact that the sun or like solar radiation is being blocked, and and so you're losing. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. So what did they? What is the actual thing? Like, do they explain like other than the snowfall? Like what? Well, there all that, all it says is at the beginning there was uh, scientists discovered a way to stop global warming Which, uh, by launching these CH1 things up into the air. Yeah, it's just, shit like honestly, that. do not dig into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more... It's you're more, you're it's going a, to yeah, be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a science fiction film that focuses on characterization because you have good actors. And yeah, so it's, putting hum, it's putting humanity into the situation and examining what happens. Yeah. Well, so it really is the, like the Ice Nine. There has been some talk, like it's kind of like an outgrowth of, like I've heard of talk about like putting, you know, these uh, different like uh, materials in orbit, like uh, to, oh, it's to reflect sunlight. Uh, so it might have been that. Uh, 
and then like lower temperatures. Uh, mm. It's kind of like uh, I figured it caused the same thing as like uh, the KT boundary extinction, where the uh, asteroid struck uh, you know the what's now Mexico and uh, dust into the air. Uh, Precisely. Wait, wait, wait! I just learned a couple weeks ago that it wasn't an asteroid that killed the dinosaurs and blocked out the sun. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael Bay. Oh, oh. Okay, I thought you were going like Kevin Ham on me for a second. No, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'm like the Earth is six thousand years old. The dinosaurs were Ix. killed by polio. Wow. The dinosaurs oh. were killed because they didn't believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jesus was um he Jesus wielded... was a raptor. Mm-hmm. Jesus. He had two shotguns for legs. And he killed all them damn unbelieving dinosaurs, just like he'll do to all the homosexuals one day. And all them, I feel com- like you belong on True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> and all them uh, communists too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I mean, Jesus was marking. Merka. Jesus bleeds red, Mar- white, and blue. Right. Fuck you. Speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, there's a poll that came out. You know, Fuck Yeah is one of the top U.S. national anthems on the 4th of July. I'm not surprised. We yeah. had this. We all sang a boot up your ass the American way for almost 10 years. <laughs> like, I mean... Ugh. I just, I just yeah. thought that was impressive. Well, like, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It was like, America the Beautiful, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah like, is there a similar poll fuck on Canada yeah. Day? Did they say, like, is Blaine Canada, like, the top five Canadian songs? That'd be no, awesome. Nobody cares about Canada Day to look yeah. up that statistic. <laughs> I don't even think there are fireworks on Canada Day. Why, why would they have fireworks? It would just be like, ooh, let's go to Tim Hortons, eh? <laughs> let's eat some poutine. Why don't Americans like it? Is it the cottage cheese or the gravy? I don't know. Well, it's cheese curds, not cottage cheese. That's why I'm never uh, fucking... Well, I don't even, I don't even like cheese... Cottage uh, cheese. I'm not like cheese well, curds. I know why they don't have fireworks. Because uh, they're they all do. at home. Because well, Canadians are scared of the dark. <laughs> oh, pushing up the lights. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I don't know your mother joke. I see. Anyway, um, getting back to the movie, uh, I think uh, you know one of the best things about it is the there. There's a lot of tremendous acting going oh, on. Oh, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one of the best bits, and it's probably uh, has one of the best bits of dialogue in the movie is when Chris Evans is doing his uh, monologue right outside of the engine oh. when he's talking was about. That, was that scientist? Was he old boy? I don't know. I don't know. I, I've never seen Old Boy, so I don't know. Are you talking <laughs> about the Korean one or the American yeah, one? The, well, yeah. What, what's his face was uh, well, Thanos was uh, the, the American Old Boy. <laughs> Thanos. Yeah. Give, yeah. give Andrew a minute. He keep talking, but he's looking it up on IMDb uh, for but, you. But uh, okay. yeah, when uh, Chris Evans is outside and he's, he's he's doing that monologue and talking about how the thing he hates most about himself is that he knows what humans taste like. And that babies taste the best. Oh yeah, just gave me chills. I was just yeah, like, I was just like, holy. I wasn't. I wasn't fuck. expecting it. I, I had no idea. Like it, I, I don't it, know if I had missed something earlier that hinted at it. Well, like he, they showed a scar of yeah. him trying to cut off his arm, but then he didn't have the uh, the sort of the balls to do it like, uh, like John, Hurt, yeah. yeah, John Hurt and the other guys did. I, which I love that reveal because when you initially see all the people who lost all their limbs and stuff, it's right after somebody was tortured it, like part of the punishment thing is that somebody has their arm stuck out the train while it's moving and it eventually freezes they pull them back minutes. in mm. and they sh- sh- shatter it yeah yeah they, they shatter the arm and then after that happens you see all these people come up and you think okay they've all been punished in that manner no that's not it what happened is that at the beginning of the train ride 
the front of the train was ignoring everybody in the back. And eventually they turned on each other and started eating each other. And Curtis went to eat a, a, a baby oh. and John Hurt stopped him, cut off his arm and gave it to Curtis. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But but yeah, it's just that you know, hearing Captain America talk about that, <laughs> you're just like, holy fuck! And he, I mean, Chris Evans is is pretty much on fire this entire movie. Uh-huh. He's fucking great, along mm-hmm. with uh, 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 Tilda Swinton as the uh, uh, the, uh, the director cap- or, or whatever. It was. I, I don't remember her name. The counselor or something like that. Yeah, it's just it's so. Like I, I guess like the part was a, like written for a man, and I think that's how she was trying to play it. It was yeah. like a weird sort of. She's done that before. She it, did that in Constantine. It's like an uh, uh, ambiguous sexuality to the character, which is kind of interesting. But um, yeah, she, I thought she was fucking great. The the weirdest her wardrobe bit... was fucking awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. I think the weirdest bit in the movie was when she took out her teeth. Don't know why she did it exactly, but she she's like curse, and she said it without her her teeth in her mouth. And you're like, it's like people in my theater just started laughing because we we had no idea how to react to that. <laughs> <laughs> how do you? I mean, I didn't. I didn't laugh. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like. Isn't that what it takes for a classic film, though? Is like sometimes those quizzical moments where you're just like, I don't know what the fuck I just saw, but I loved it. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple moments like that, like uh, during the middle of the axe fight when like. Uh, they like uh, the suddenly other headhunter stop. Uh, they count down to the new year when they patch the, pass this uh, bridge point, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh, uh, goons uh, smiles at Captain America. <laughs> you know, you know, he's gonna go try and kill him uh, after yeah. they celebrate. Happy New Year! <laughs> but, but what's kind of cool is like, because uh, like the different rooms of the train are. Uh, well, okay, sorry. Uh, well, like, like, like every compartment of the train has like this really different feel to it, uh, mm-hmm. and like that, you know, a lot of that's uh, based on like how the shots are staged, and also you know what occurs in there. Like, you know, like there's really interesting. It's almost like an NBC series of short films in some ways. Yeah, I think one of my uh, favorite parts of the uh, train was uh, the teacher section. Oh, that yeah. was fantastic! Wait, who was that? Allison Pill. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Kim from uh, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. She was so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Uh, Creepy and funny. I thought that was interesting. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Like, I mean, I was sort of getting that vibe already from the film, but it kind of reminds me of Bioshock a little bit. Uh, huh. Whether there's like, like there's this like weird objectivist uh, undertone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because essentially all the the kids are being sort of brainwashed into you know uh, uh, thinking that Wilson and the engine are, are godlike. You know, pray worthy and so on and so forth. It was, uh, it was creepy and sort of fascinating to see, and it also had the the eggs in that scene. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, probably another reason why I'm, why I'm picking up like uh, like maybe the and I think the uh, Ayn Rand undertones were you know maybe intentional, uh, uh, you know, because uh, like one of the plots of Atlas Shrugged is like you know uh, high powered uh, you know the, uh, train travel, mm-hmm. and then like uh, uh, John Galt. Uh, like basically says fuck you to America and like form like he and these other billionaire assholes uh, form their own society. Hmm. So you know I kind of read that into it, but yeah. But what's uh, what's I think is cool about this film is like there's a lot of there's a lot of you know it doesn't really you know spout one political viewpoint. You can like read a lot of uh, different you know uh, political views and beliefs into it. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Nope. And I like that it doesn't take itself seriously. I think that really helps. Like, you know, like, you know, moments of humor. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, th- this was the type of film that, like, you know, if it was, you know, totally serious, like, uh, say, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, it <laughs> should have been funny. It would have collapsed. It would collapse it. on itself because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the court, you know, this is kind of a ridiculous concept in some ways, but, you know. Yeah, there, there's a few things in there that sort of, like, takes you out of, like, it, it raises itself up above trying to present a reality. Like when the train's going on the uh, circular track mm-hmm. and Cap and that one creepy guy are trying to shoot each other from different cars just through windows. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's cool and it's something that, I don't know, yeah, it do, it helps you not, you know, uh, see this as much as a drama. Yeah, there there's dramatic elements to it, but it doesn't... You know, it's not fucking Schindler's List or something. There's enough <laughs> ridiculous action pieces mm-hmm. to t- to take that tone down a little. It's bit. It's kind of yeah. like Pacific Rim, where like you know, uh, where it doesn't take itself you know mm-hmm. hyper serious, where there's you know moments of levity and uh, mm-hmm. like the the damn axe fight. Yeah. That was absolutely ridiculous. Maybe it's awesome, especially yeah. when it's going in slow motion. It made mm. me think of uh, like when they when I first saw them, I was like, oh, I guess the crazy eighty eight survived <laughs> <laughs> the apocalypse. And I loved when they brought in the fire for that. Yeah. Oh, that it was, was cool as hell. Yeah, it was, it was from the back of the train, just this kid, and they, they, it was like they were passing the torch along <laughs> through the cars. You know what it made it me think was of? Great. What? Uh, two things, uh, like in the two towers uh, when they were trying to blow up the gate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also like uh, in New Orleans, you've probably seen like the Bacardi commercials where they talk about uh, the history of the Bacardi family, like the guys with torches and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You see those guys in like Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras parades. Uh, hmm. So. Uh, that's kind of interesting because you know like again that's like you know a big celebration that occurs yearly like you know the new year uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I think like uh, like Pacific Rim what really works about the film is uh, that you know uh, it doesn't feel it's above this you know pulpy material like it embraces it you know all the you know ridiculousness that comes with it uh, mm-hmm. hmm. yeah it's not a it's not a Christopher Nolan film where, where, it, where you know it, it, you know it's uh, you know it tries to be above like it's like you know it's like you know Okay, this is a superhero film, but you know, we, let's not, you know, let's not have too much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like even, you know, Inception has a lot of, you know, weird sci-fi elements to it, but it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't make fun of it too much. It's like the only people that are sort of allowed to have fun in that movie are uh, Tom Hardy and uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character to a certain degree, uh-huh. or at least their relationship is sort of the funny part of the movie. But even then, it, you know, it's all very serious we're all on a mission we're all gonna die we're all gonna (laughs) and hathaway seems to have less fun than she really should be having (laughs) well i don't know her Catwoman in dark knight rises she seems i'd say she seems to have fun but like she gets what she wants and she's like oh anarchy isn't as fun as i thought it would be (laughs) one of there to be orders it's like the what's the old joke about people who are very organized about drawing the anarchy symbol Make sure that it's no. You can't draw just inside the lines. It's got to go outside the lines. It's not energy. <laughs> um, I think I think this is gonna be like uh, I I think uh, this and uh, Edge of Tomorrow will basically will be definitely be cited for years to come. Like you know, as like a, mm, really a thoughtful, interesting uh, takes on sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both comic book adaptations. Uh, like brief aside on Edge of Tomorrow, I one thing I kind of wish they would uh, would have explored more is you know the effect of you know. Uh, on the psyche of, you know, dying multiple times, uh, and, you know... Hmm. Well, I don't know, I sort because it seems as if, you know, it, it just through repetition, mm-hmm. 
he kind of got gets numb to it. Yeah, I mean that's just his life. I mean you have no idea how many times that guy died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean it's at least hundreds probably. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's like Groundhog Day with robots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, going back to the theme of repetition, uh, you almost see that uh, in. Uh, Snowpiercer, like, you know, because they hint about uh, previous revolutions that failed. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, when there's a big reveal about uh, how uh, John Hurt and uh, Ed Harris, you know, uh, were buddy, were uh, phone pals. Well, <laughs> I sort of saw that thing. I don't really think they leave that up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the last time Curtis and John Hurt speaks, uh, um, John Hurt specifically tells Cap to... Don't believe a word that man oh, says. Yeah, Cut right. off his tongue as soon as you get in that room. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, it, it leaves it up to whether you want to believe John Hurt actually it was assisting uh, um, Ed Harris or, or Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, was assisting Wil- Wilson Wilfred. in controlling a Wilf- Wil- Wilford. Wilf- what was it? Wilford. Wilford. Um, was assisting Wilford in controlling the train or not? I mean, yeah, the the phone's back there. We never. I mean, and yeah, that, we never actually see it. Like, uh... yeah, we never see John Hurt actually use it. And why would somebody cut off their own limbs to you know stop people from eating each? It's just I don't know. Like, I don't believe Wilfred that John Hurt's character. Yeah. I don't think it was with him. Maybe from the beginning, uh, like uh, that. Maybe like uh, maybe when they brought the food back to them. Uh, maybe that's mm. when the partnership. But you know, that, that's a really interesting take. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, throughout the entire scene, Curtis is sitting here listening to him. I'm like, this guy's full of shit. Because I know we were informed he's full of shit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that puts everything he's saying in question. You don't know exactly what he's telling is the truth or not. Yeah, I like, didn't even think about that. I had forgot about that by the time we actually got to it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, because I was just like, oh, Curtis, stop listening to him. Kill him already somehow. Hit him with the table or something. Because, <laughs> yeah, throughout the entire thing, I was just like, oh, God, I want him to shut up. <laughs> just pretend he's a baby and eat him. Well, <laughs> uh, but uh, what's kind of interesting about, you know, both of those sci-fi films, they're both uh, based on uh, source material from other countries. Uh, like uh, Edge of Tomorrow is based on All You Need Is Kill, uh, Japanese graphic novel, uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Snowpiercer is based on a French graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I think All You Need Is Kill might have originally been like a visual novel, but I know it's finally. I, 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 I know Viz right. is. I know Viz is finally publishing it as a, um, mm-hmm. as a graphic novel. Highly, highly recommend picking it up. One of the few things that's weird about that translation uh, is that there's a lot more nuance in 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 the the aspects of the gender. Even though it's set in Japan, there's a Native American character, and then the everybody else is an American because it follows an American group. And it's the mm-hmm. reverse of the analogy that, that David saw um, in the last episode, talking about it being like a World War II analogy. Mm-hmm. It was a reverse analogy where they're island hopping, but the American island hopping is the good guys. They're going to liberate Japan, mm. which is kind of... That's funny. And so it has an, it was an awkward <laughs> reverse commentary. And so like there's a lot of nuance and stuff that I don't mind the adaptation. I think it's awesome. I think it's a respectable film. But mm-hmm. I think it's weird that the original source material has has a nuance that that for whatever reason they thought wouldn't like just adding one one Asian guy would have really thrown things off. Well, I don't, they were and one Native it. American lady. Uh, I don't know. One of the things I sort of like about Edge of Tomorrow is that it works really well as just a straight up action movie, mm-hmm. where it's not really sci fi in the sense where it's really going out of its way to comment on society in mm-hmm. any manner. It's just it's using the conceit of. You know, this guy dying and going through stuff again and again to set up this conflict that's 
sort of fascinating to watch and is incredibly well written. Like, mm. if anything, like you know, like you know, what what am I raising? Uh, like, interesting questions about you know, fate, uh, you know, uh, that sort of uh, you know, big picture type stuff. Uh, but mm. one thing that's kind of refreshing about uh, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, like uh, the female lead uh, Emma Blunt's character, you know, she you know very capable. It's like she's not like a mm-hmm. damsel in distress. Uh, no, yeah, she's fucking badass. Rita uh, Rita Vertasky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's fucking great in the movie, and I love they that. They call her the full metal bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I I mean, yeah, her and Tom Cruise like grow sort of close, mm-hmm. but that isn't sort of the point of the movie. Really, is that it's not a love story for the two of them. I mean, you know, he, uh, I actually found that refreshing about Snowpiercer that, that there wasn't any. Uh, romantic subplot. Yeah, at all. I mean, how yeah. often do you see that? Not a whole. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the only maybe maybe Pacific Rim. Like, I mean, because you like you can. Uh, like, oh come on, what, Pacific Rim. It's definitely there. What like I mean, it depends on how you. Uh, there's a. It's a little bit. Open I, I know. I inter- felt sexual tension open towards to interpretation. Interself, really, I mean, it's well. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 less on the no, It's less than like you know maybe other films like where it feels shoehorned in. Uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely deal with it better, but I would argue that. That is part of the point of it, mm-hmm. is the relationship between those two people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, all, it's sort of meant to be a partnership, but it, but it grows more into... So it's probably sort of similar to Edge of Tomorrow in the sense that, you know, they they do have feelings for each other, but they're far too busy actually... You know, killing uh, <laughs> killing uh, freaky-looking things yeah. and using metal skeleton things. Mm-hmm. I did love the ending of that movie, though. Yeah, it's just that this uh, just the shot, the last shot of Tom Cruise, is you, it's one of those things that makes you appreciate Tom Cruise more than <laughs> we're probably used to. Because I don't know, he 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 does just sort of exude this energy, mm-hmm. so that when he he does put on that fucking grin, you're just sort of like, yeah. <laughs> he's convinced everyone he's not five foot four, I mean, which is which is impressive. I still see uh, Jack Reacher. I actually have seen it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I really enjoy good. it. It's based off of a good series of of novels that yeah. a friend had recommended, mm-hmm. and I I would actually highly highly recommend Jack Reacher. Well, but, uh, but I, I think like you know. Uh, when, like, you know, in 10 years or so, when, 10, 20 years, when people are doing, like, you know, a retrospective, like, you know, the sci-fi films of, like, you know, the late 2000s or uh, early uh, 2010s, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to highlight films like uh, Snowpiercer, Edge of Tomorrow, Pacific Rim, and maybe even uh, Duncan Jones' uh, film Moon. I would mm-hmm. say also add into that Star, was it Starshine? Or is Sunshine? it Sunshine? Because also another Chris Evans thing. That was where I really tr- began to trust him as an actor. Yeah. I really, really enjoy it. I mean, it's very similar to Snowpiercer, and I'll only I thought, it, I thought Sunshine was that werewolf movie. No, oh, you're probably right, but no, it's it's the it's, it's I think it is Sunshine. It's where they're on this ship. They're going to to send a nuclear explosion to restart the sun. Essentially, it's got Killian Murphy and and uh, and Captain America are the stars of the film. But they've got Michelle. So Yeoh. Captain America and Scarecrow. Captain America and Scarecrow. It's the movie should be called that time Captain America and Scarecrow went to blow up the sun. But it's it's no DC I mean, versus Marvel versus the sun. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's that awesome. Movie where, uh, where Two Face went to jumpstart the Earth's core. Oh God, the core! <laughs> and actually, I think the black guy was one of the first ones to die. I think. Or, uh, oh jeez. I know he died because he's like, he's like, well, I don't know why I'm coming to you, crackers, because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, sunshine, sunshine is really good though. If you haven't seen it, huh. I'd say one thing though that links these. Um... Oh, another. Oh, oh uh, go ahead. No, I, you go ahead. Uh, no, your point. I, please go ahead. 
Oh well, like brief, brief, brief tangent, like uh, like another film that I, I just thought of that, that will probably uh, be talked about, like in terms of, like you know uh, sci-fi films of this era, uh, Under the Skin. I haven't seen it yet with Scarlett Johansson. Uh huh. Oh, I, I can't wait to see it. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's good. I, oh, I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen pictures of it. <laughs> yeah, you've seen. They're the sheepishly looking at each other oh, because they're... it reminds me of a Kubrick film actually because it's so weird. Like the and the wait, is it stage. sci-fi? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's loosely sci-fi. These well, two are looking at each other with shit-eating grins because they're like, "We've seen the best bits of the movie." <laughs> <laughs> oh, she looks like a Kubrick film, does she? <laughs> well, no, like the stage. Well, like in... I'm, I'm. I'm I'm, 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 kind of sort of disagree with Andrew in the sense that I didn't. It's interesting. Do you like the voyeuristic style? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. It was shot like literally the guys, the Johns in that film yeah, yeah, are yeah. real people that she picked up. Uh, well, I. I Which just, can you be? Can you imagine getting picked up by Scarlett Johansson and not realizing? And it? not realizing. <laughs> it. Um, huh. That's yeah. interesting. I haven't seen it. I don't know what the movie's about. So, well, it's like she's essentially like, I don't know. The, the thing I got from it is like she's an alien ant, and she's put on a human skin, and she's going around collecting humans to bring back to the 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 hive, and, and to some something to eat and consume. Huh. I mean, but yeah, I, I'm, I think that movie. I'm gonna say it was too far up its ass to be entertaining in any manner <laughs> it's like it was it was it was the issue of being way too fucking serious about it mm-hmm. and it really had some trimming issues where i'm just sort of like oh fuck get on with it, it seems to- <laughs> i agree with you for the, the length issues i think it could have been yeah, trimmed a little bit near the end i know it's supposed to be on Redbox soon i'll take it up on Redbox. but yeah i i mean I didn't mind seeing it. I like, see that movie. It, it's not a movie that I felt like it didn't anger me. Mm-hmm. Like, No when Country did it for come Old out? April. Like, yeah. Um, I think it was like the same weekend of Captain America, actually. Uh, yeah, I um, saw it at uh, Castleton. Yeah, it was probably the, the only place I had it. Yeah. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, well, we can move on. Was it going around the world in a circular motion, and did Chris <laughs> Pine live on this train? Or no, Captain not Kirk. God damn it. Kirk did not. Oh, live I'm on. sorry. <laughs> Wrong Name cap- memory strikes again. <laughs> Wrong captain. captain. <laughs> well, we um, can move on to our next subject of yeah, but, uh, speaking yeah, of yeah. Marvel, in well, which that Chris guy is actually in movies. I do my I do my best. I don't know. I kind of like. I am not director June Hubong. Yeah, me, David, and Gabe last night saw these. Special, um, like a 17 minute uh preview for Guardians of the Galaxy, Cherry uh, they, yeah, yeah. Um, the crowd was fucking huge, the yeah, it was huge, which yeah. excites me that the, yeah. there's exci- this much excitement. For I the mean, film. it essentially yeah. went like down the length of the theater, including like a mass of people in the twisty uh, uh, line, yeah. I don't know if anybody got turned away either. I have no. no idea. Nobody yeah. got turned away because it wasn't. I was in the front rows and okay. there were still. There's, if anything, it was like ten pe- ten seats that were left. Oh. But like if they they would have brought people in and directed yeah. them. Yeah. But I would say I'm very happy with the turnout as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was fucking. I I loved it. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how much detail we should go into it because we're gonna. There's a lot of spoiler reviews online, and it's only one scene. It's only one scene towards the beginning of the. Film. I feel like I we should be uh, okay, like saying, "Okay, we're spoiling one scene, but we're giving you faith, and we're doing what Marvel's we're doing Marvel's bidding here." Yeah, <laughs> this is what they wanted. They this is, wanted, is they want the hype, and I have I. 
before recording this, I did go ahead and, and like read a, a lot of reviews that were just like see, uh, beat by beat um, okay. descriptions yeah. of what it was. And so it's all over the internet. Mm. And that's what they want is they want people convinced that this, even though this is this weird ragtag group of heroes that you've never heard of, it's worth going to see. And it absolutely defied my expectations, which were already high. Yeah. It, yeah. it set the bar fucking high for that film. Yeah, it it, it was really fucking great. I, I loved it started off with the uh, um the the scene where they're walking into the prison. roll call. Yeah, the roll call. But it they actually there's a lot more detail to the roll call in the film. Mm-hmm. Like they, like Rocket is referred to as his pro, uh, you know, project number. Mm-hmm. And they go into a more detail about Gomorrah. And they actually refer to her as the adopted daughter of the Mad Titan Thanos. Yeah. And I'm like uh, yeah. Sister oh. Nebula and mentioned that her her species was destroyed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they did specifically call him the Mad Titan Thanos. Which yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, oh god, oh that's awesome. And yeah, yeah she's supposedly working for for Ronan, Ronan, and the accuser. Yeah. yeah, yeah, played by Lee Pace. Yep, and uh, yeah, that, that that just sort of made me happy. There was a lot more detail with that, and I loved uh, uh, Peter Quill's thing. They didn't censor it. Yeah, it would be illegal for them to do that in the. (laughs) He's trying to put it back down. (laughs) That's too bad. uh, I thought the censoring thing that that was what made it so funny, but I'm sure it's funny the way it's funny. I don't know if it's funny or with or without the censoring. I just know that it would be illegal for them to show that uncensored in a trailer. Like, there's a lot of more stricter requirements about a trailer. All trailers have to be PG. No, you can have red band trailers. Oh, I guess red band. Yeah, but all like broadcast trailers have got to be PG. But uh, so yeah, that was great. And I mean, and then we just got to I mean, Rocket. Raccoon just stole mm-hmm. the motherfucking thing. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, he, he I mean, I, like I was lis- just listening to the trailer while you were watching it before we started. I can't recognize Bradley Cooper's yeah, voice. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper. He's, he just does a great fucking job. And, and he's so, f- like, the, the it's kind of amazing because he, obviously he wasn't there on set. Yeah. But, you know, Rocket... Uh, uh, Star Lord and Gamora having a conversation, and they were just free flowing. It, yeah. It's amazing actor, uh, amazing acting by Zoe Saldana and <laughs> Chris Pratt because they're obviously probably talking to nothing or somebody just feeding them lines. Maybe a raccoon. <laughs> no, I actually had a raccoon on set. <laughs> I had an actual raccoon on set. Well, uh, do you guys know that? That no. actual raccoon on well, uh, Was he reading Gideon's Bible? Well, I bet that uh, Chris Pratt felt uh, like, oh, it's like I'm back in Pawnee. <laughs> uh, the, the raccoons have the other side of the town. We have ours. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, essentially we just saw the whole prison sequence to the movie, or at least the majority of it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like them it, arriving it and them breaking. sped up, so I don't Maybe. know that... I don't know if the scene will be extended in the movie or if it's just that quick pace. Well, which I, I mean, hope it is. Well, yeah, because it, it was great. Like they're they're setting up a heist plan, mm-hmm. and ra- uh, Rocket's detailing these things they need to get. Well, uh, first off, let's go with this because uh, there's a we saw a little bit more of that scene at the end of that trailer that you watch, mm-hmm. where Chris Pratt's like, "I have a plan," and Rocket comes up with this plan. He's like, "All right, I have a plan," and that actually comes back later in that trailer that we mm-hmm. saw when. It, Rocket adds to that, which wasn't in that trailer, but uh, he's like, uh, is this you just making up another plan because I made up the earlier plan? Yeah, you copied my thing my about having a plan. <laughs> and Chris is like, 
But people come up with plans all the time. <laughs> Coming up with a plan is not your thing. It is everybody's thing. <laughs> I love, I love the, the, the dialogue because that's so far different in the film. It has to be. like You're like, the dialogue seems like it's going to be consistently the way that they are. And the character dynamic mm-hmm. is going to be consistently the way that it is in this scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they pulled it because like okay this is an extant part of the film it's like shows them when they're together showing them the reason you go see this film Mm -hmm. and it had all these good action beats but it's like the dialogue is what marvel seems to do best and it's that payoff from hiring comedy directors (laughs) or like being having the faith that they could look at at uh at chris pratt and be like you sir will have a (laughs) six-pack i want to go to a scene between the roll call and that i'll let you get back to that in a second but uh, a scene that we see in the first trailer when they're they're walking to their cells, presumably, mm-hmm. and uh, the guard is putting on Chris Pratt's headphones, and uh, we see that as well, and it goes from Chris Pratt getting the shit beat out of him to then being sprayed down and put into this room with a bunch of heavy lights. He's shirtless. Rocket comes in. Only time Rocket's quiet. Mm-hmm. He's drenched, broken. Mm-hmm. And you see Chris Pratt looking at him and seeing this feeble creature almost with the cybernetic implants on his back and whatnot. I just thought that was a very, like, it, is very it was silent but powerful, you know? Like, it was definitely a, a moment of, like, yeah, oh. his fur is shaved off there, so you can tell that somebody's been fucking with him. And, like, Chris, he looks at him, he glances away, and it's, it's a, a wonderful acting beat by Chris Pratt. I mean, there's a lot going on there that isn't being said yeah. mm-hmm. that's really impressive. Oh, yeah. And then they walk into the prison. It's like they, they're, they're, it's like the main room for the prison, and people start throwing shit at them. And fresh throwing, meat. The fresh meat. They're throwing stuff at uh, Gamora. Gamora so. Well, no, they were, they were catcalling them, but they were throwing shit at Gamora. Yeah. They're catcalling Chris Pratt because like, new meat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this yeah. big blue guy walks up to Chris Pratt and starts threatening him and stuff. And Groot just kind of shoves two fingers up the guy's you can nose. Tell growing yeah. Well, and Bradley Cooper is <laughs> talking about literally. He's like, "You want to get to this booty? You gotta go through us." By which I mean, you don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good scene. And then that, that's when they, uh, they they grab food and they sit at a lunch table and they start doing the plan. And Groot hears that they need this uh, battery. battery out of something in the wall that's in the middle of the room. I am Groot. And Groot just walks over and starts trying to get it. And Rocket's... I mean, this is all happening in one shot in the background. Groot's trying to get the thing. Mm-hmm. And Rocket's like, okay, and that's the last thing we need to get. Because, I mean, obviously it's going to be the biggest pain in the ass. And then Groot grabs it. And then he's like, oh, okay, I guess we can just improvise at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and so just just to break it down, he gives everybody, he's given everybody uh, a list of things to retrieve. And they're pretty much agreed on, like, what they'll mm. grab. And so there's like, uh, see that guy's prosthetic leg? I need you to get that. Uh, you, need- you Gamora lady, mm. green lady. Uh, <laughs> they think you're hot, by the way. They think you're hot. No, no, he's like. So like he was like essentially saying like she should trade favors for the uh, the internal implants that the guards wear, mm-hmm. and she's like it's like why why me? And she's like well I heard they find you attractive. It's like you, you you must be joking. He's like no they really seem to find you attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it was the joke. But uh... but yeah then they all get set off on on doing those tasks, and you think like what does this have to do with anything? And then the biggest payoff is then when they get together. No, the cybernetic leg did not actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how, how funny was it to see that guy hopping around? 
<laughs> I just wanted to see him hop around. Yeah, Star Lord was like, well, well, "Why did you make? I had to give him money for this. And Thirty thousand. I just credits. thought it would be funny." <laughs> <laughs> And there's like a great, just simple shot of uh, 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 Chris. Obviously, he's already asked the guy, and the guy with the legs, like, you need my what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's just, it it was so fucking funny. And then just them breaking out, uh, 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 I mean, just as an action scene, it worked really well, too. The only thing that seemed potentially a little discouraging to me. Was uh, Dave Batista's acting oh, as really? Drax? Actually, I, I thought it was it. really yeah, good. I liked it. I don't know, like he, I don't. I, I really a... like Drax in the comics. Yeah. Everybody else seems to be pretty spot on. Yeah. Him, I don't know. He seemed a little too stiff. I mean, I, I probably is just a different interpretation of the character. And like yeah. the whole not by the end of it. Too. I mean, the whole literal dialogue thing yeah. that they're setting up for him. That wasn't. I ever think because if, if people know from the comics, like the Thanos character, I mean, he's Drax is from Earth as well. Yeah, but Th- and well, he's, I think they're setting him up to be just a plain ass alien in this. Yeah. I think they are. He's he's got a different origin story. I think, and I've read some criticisms that, that what they were saying is maybe all of the cast is a little bit too closely tied to Thanos. If you already have, um, if you already have his daughter, kind of Drax, um, is... Drax, who is an Earthling, and it also takes away Peter Quill's. Uh, exceptionalism of being an Earthling, of being Earth's representative, if you also have Drax there. And so I think the other thing that it does is it helps to, A, it gives um, Batista an out because he's a first-time actor other than having to act in the WWE. I'm sorry, it's not no, real. he's been in other stuff. Uh, uh, Man with Iron Fist and uh, Riddick. Oh, okay. Let's say it isn't um, the highest caliber of acting laurels that well, one can receive. I'll have faith in Marvel. They, I, he did I think it was a great choice. It. No, I actually think it's a great so. choice. The, the, the way, I'm just saying they did something. It seems like the writing fits his style, and then it also with um, with in terms of uh, like Star Lord, yeah. sort of in terms of the way that Chris Pratt is speaking. It's almost like a weird like balance on the scale, like because. He's saying you have to be very literal, like, and he's very literal when he's talking to him. He's saying mm-hmm. things like, "Yes, I never go against my word, especially when I promise a homicidal maniac who will kill me if I go against my word." <laughs> and so he's like, when he's saying things like that, or he's elaborating on these sentences, and it's building on these things. It's literally setting it up like, "Oh, you're the excuse for the reason I'm talking this way that will entertain audiences." <laughs> and so I feel like it's great. I mean, I feel like it's it's contextualizing the whole thing yeah. of why they are what they are. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind. Yeah, I, I think it might a be a bit of clever it. writing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it didn't bother me. It Nothing didn't... goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. I liked Don't it. call me a thesaurus. <laughs> he doesn't even know what it means. <laughs> no, I think he does. He's uh, just like, don't call me a book. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am not a thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot. Now, now, there was a great bit of an exchange earlier uh, when they're walking from mm-hmm. uh, the row call to where Chris Pratt gets in the fight, where... Uh, Groot keeps saying he says it like five times, and Chris mm-hmm. Pratt's just like it was the same the first eighty-seven times you said it. I get it. <laughs> it's uniquely fascinating each time. Uh, yeah, it was actually kind of fascinating to see how they're using Groot in the action scenes and stuff. Like it seems as if uh, you know the way Bendis uses him in the comics, he kind of is just like the big bruiser where he hits a shit ton of people and he yeah. breaks apart and then mm-hmm. Rocket grabs a piece. In the, in the movie, Groot's growing. Groot's growing as he's fighting. He's creating branches. Like, and, like they, shields they, and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like uh, a branch shields and stuff. Yeah, they like he grows his feet and they climb up Groot to get to something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. It actually sets up really well for a Lego game. <laughs> in another Man, scene, he's in the Lego Marvel game too. <laughs> in another scene um, that we've seen in the trailer, he uses bioluminescent, like he exhibits like bioluminescent spores and stuff. Like he's really useful. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a part of me that was thinking, I think I was telling Matt about it late, earlier this afternoon, and I was like, I think if I was a kid, I'd probably like Guardians better than Avengers. <laughs> right? <laughs> just because, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, they are a little bit more imaginative. Like, you got the raccoon, you got the tree, and they all, auto, I mean, it automatically comes with a spaceship. What's a raccoon? <laughs> what, what, what's a raccoon? It's like a part of me, like, I could picture myself as a kid just kind of tossing them in with the Star Wars toys. Yeah. I mean, like, Gamora and Luke Skywalker have lightsaber battles and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lightsaber battles. Which, by the way, the 70s theme songs, the 70s the soundtrack... Uh, soundtrack it so fits. Like we we just showed Andrew the extended trailer that yeah. we saw with Cherry Bomb playing the whole time. But and Booked it's... on a Feeling actually becomes the soundtrack from that that scene as well. It carries over mm-hmm. through. Like... Have you seen the whole yeah, playlist? I looked at the list. It looks pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah, I listened yeah. to it today at work. Somebody was nice enough to put together a Spotify playlist nice. of all the songs already. They say it's spoiler. The the James Gunn has said that the track listing order well, is a spoiler. Huh. Well, I, I mean. To a certain degree, like I can kind of tell by you know, what song is probably going to play in a scene from what we've seen. For from instance, the one of the scenes or one of the songs is called "Escape." Oh, huh? gee, well, I wonder when that will be playing. No, well, it's the Pina Colada song. Yeah, presumably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> Which uh, I can see Rocket being like one of the uh, denizens of uh, the cantina. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that is really good, Andrew. Man, that, how awesome would it be if just in the background of Star Wars Episode Seven and you see Rocket? <laughs> They've already had ET. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like a, in one of the prequels, like yeah, a, in the Senate room, the delegation. <laughs> Ow! He goes up to Anakin Skywalker. Ow! <laughs> Annie, <laughs> it be good, Annie. <laughs> but that seventies thing, though, it feels Star Wars because it's like yeah. putting you in like classic sci-fi space exploration mode, not space opera mode like Star Trek, but yeah. like just like classic grit. Not I don't even want to say gritty, but just like out there, colorful sci-fi of the seventies and eighties. A lot of people say like the seventies was the was kind of like a golden age of like space sci-fi at the very least, even mm-hmm. without Star Trek, but with Star Wars and those things, it kind of lighter fare in a lot of ways. Well, but it's probably because like based on what I've you know seen with Guardians, it's like it's a grittier you know uh, lived in world feel rather than like you know the shiny uh, chrome stuff like with the Star Trek sequels and even mm-hmm. like a lot of the like the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a mix because like uh, the Nova Corps seem interesting, but like he said, Rocket's explaining like Nova Corps is nice except for here. Nova Corps, like, they're, they're... that's one thing I, I also want to bring up. They didn't have their normal Nova powers. It didn't seem like. Well, yeah, it, it looks as if they're setting up like Nova Corps to act sort of like regular cops. Yeah, and I think they're gonna have like special. Nova Corps members that yeah. can do this shit that Nova normally can. Okay, because oh. I was kind of I, I was sitting there I was kind of like wait a second. Well, Hel- Helen Mirren is Nova Prime in the movie. Um, no, I know that. Glenn Close or Glenn Close. Yeah. Sorry, did I say Helen Mirren? Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, yeah, Cruella Deville is playing uh, <laughs> is playing the leader of the uh, universe's cops. So that's interesting, or at least the galaxy's cops. And then. Uh, uh, was it John C. Riley? I don't think is the Nova that we know. Though, no, no, but no, but in the just, casting, it's rumored, in, it's, it's rumored that it's Nathan Fillion. 
No, that's actually not true. Oh, he's really? he's yeah. well, no, he's denied it, but I mean, he's and good so at lying. Has the director, oh, okay, they're good at lying. Well, yeah, but he specifically it's... said it's not Nova. Somebody um... said, somebody said, and thank God they denied this. I hope it's not true. Although maybe you like him from the comic books, but I think maybe this character would be one too far out of the ballpark. Ooh. They're saying that Nathan Fillion might voice Cosmo, the Wonder Dog, essentially. Who? Cosmo, the Star the cosmonaut Lord. dog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. I yeah, I don't know who you're talking about either. I think I got trolled. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking of crypto or no? He's like, like crypto a the super no, dog? no. Is they somebody trolled me? Oh, no, uh, it was this dog that was like a cosmonaut uh, or whatever. It, it, might be true. Like it was a, a psychic dog. Yeah, it was like like a type story, and it's a part of the thing. Uh, Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. Weird. It's on the interwebs. I think I just got fooled, though. Oh, maybe he's like Adam Warlock or something. That'd be Which does, I mean, we don't see very much about the gems or, like, the overarching story. Uh, well, that sphere is probably... Yeah, it's an infinity, infinity gem. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can't figure that out, you know, why have you been watching the last four Marvel films? <laughs> right. Well, I'm just saying. You said we didn't see much of it. In the trailer, we do, okay. but not in this particular scene. It's very yeah. self-contained. The only, thing, talk about it. the only world-building thing that we hear is that Ronan is looking for it and that uh, Gamora says she was going to give it to a third party who she doesn't name. Yeah. Do you think maybe that third party's the collector? Because, well, yeah. I mean, that would be... Uh, he is collecting them. Yeah, and it would kind of explain, like, why Benicio Del Toro is, is supposedly a larger... But we do see him in this extended trailer. Yeah. We see him blowing up a planet. Is that what we saw? Yeah. No, I thought he was in the same room that he was in... No, well, the dark yeah, world. but, well, I guess we see a planet being imploded the scene after. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe it's being shown on hologram or something huh. in the trailer. Yeah. But, yeah, like, we, we see him in, like, the same environment as at the end of Thor The Dark World. But hmm. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know where he's going to come in. So can you explain more about him on the comic side? Like, he's an elder of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're uniquely powerful people, but I don't see why the Asgardians would trust him since he's, like, known to be a dick. Well, it's probably just some sort of Maybe he's not idea to keep the gems as separate as possible. Yeah. Or, Wait, he a guy he's called the Collector season. is not going to just want one. Is my thing. Like, it feels like really... Well, I mean, not that the Asgardians are known for being really wise. Well, I mean, Asgardians probably think, okay, we've got one in our armory that no one's ever really gotten into. I mean, except for the Frost Giants in the first movie and... Stuff, Maybe that's but... the problem. They're like, shit, people keep breaking into our armory. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, they, I don't think, I don't even think the Asgardian wants want to keep more than one. Mm-hmm. Like, I they think have the infinity there, gauntlet, there, though. There's, well, the thing about the gems is that I think the more you have together, the more likely it is you're going to find the others. I yeah. think that's some sort yeah. of like gem thing where... Yeah. Like, if you get two or three... Like, the more gems you get, the easier it is to get the other ones. Mm. So just keeping them as separate as possible, you know, make sure that that doesn't happen. I, I love that they've been building on this since the very first, first uh, Thor film. The fact that you did see the Infinity Gauntlet in the first Thor. Well, the thing about that is that I, I'm pretty sure... It, it had I don't think it, it makes it into the final film, though, does it? No, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't? Yeah, they just showed the Gauntlet... On uh, the Comic Con floor, yeah. and then it was in the armory, but it never actually showed up in the movie. Yeah, I think mm. maybe in the, like extended scenes or something, you, you get a glimpse of it. But yeah, I think uh, kind of like think... the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, when do you see the Eye of Agamotto? In the armory. Yeah. Oh, uh, 
I guess it's been puzzling me for a while. I keep forgetting to look it up, but uh, isn't like the disembodied, the decapitated head that's floating in space? Isn't that somebody uh, like ego, the living planet? That's what I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it is a thing. <laughs> hmm. So not Mogo. <laughs> God, I forget how many like Marvel DC analogs there are. Like you even have to have a living planet analog. <laughs> How sue happy are they? Like, <laughs> well, a lot of that comes from like having uh, similar creators working for like same creators working. Yeah. Like uh, mm-hmm. Jack Kirby didn't like he came up with the new God stuff for mm-hmm. Superman, yep, right? So Dark Side and is, so pretty, uh, predates Thanos. And it's pretty much just literally when people are at the end of like end of the credit scene thing. Is that Dark Side? Well, hey, maybe you should give him a one up and say like, hey, well, they were created by the same person. Well, no, Jim yeah, Starlin yeah, was... Yeah, Jim uh, Starlin created... Oh, Jim Starlin created... Yeah, yeah. yeah the Thanos came a couple years after uh, Darkseid. I'm just saying, like, isn't the new God stuff pretty much just all the stuff he had planned for Journey into Mystery? Like, for the Asgardians and Ragnarok and all that stuff. Like, isn't it a lot of the same myth-building things? Um, kind of, sort of, I guess. I don't, I, it, I don't know. It almost seems like the new God stuff is... Was stuff Kirby wanted to do, but Marvel didn't really want. To do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you definitely like, uh, cause, like I guess you could see like with the new gods, there's some similarities with uh, what is it the uh, the Eternals kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the Celestials a little bit, like uh, yeah, because those, those are you know vintage Kirby designs. Hey, hey David, what about that parallel team that the Avengers have been fighting in the comic book? <laughs> oh, that's straight up Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh. Well, yeah, J- Jonathan Hickman is using like a, a Justice League analog team for the uh, the Illuminati to go up against, and one's even named Wayne. <laughs> one one yeah. looks exactly like Doctor Fate. Uh huh. It's meant to like put these morally corrupted heroes against you know Superman and stuff, so that they you know sit back and wonder what exactly. Because the issue is like uh, all the parallel. Uh, universes are sort of collapsing on each other, mm-hmm. and Earth is the focal point of it. So there'll be like two Earths sort of merging into one, um, and one of them is going to win out. So, like Reed Richards and Tony Stark have been like trying to stop this without letting the rest of the world know because you know they've been threatening to destroy planets, or I forget if they've actually killed anybody or not, but. Not yet, I don't think. But yeah, they they've been trying to stop this uh, from happening, and they've created these bombs that will destroy a world if it comes to that, which is you know a big moral thing. Like at the beginning of the series, Captain America was involved, and then they realized what needed to happen, and Cap wasn't going to let it happen, mm. so they erased his memory. And... How many arms well, has Cap he... eaten in this segment? Well, Cap <laughs> used the Infinity Gauntlet to push it away, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then broke all the gems, and that's why he's currently jumping through time yes just hearing you guys recount this like reminds me how complicated comics uh it's specifically jonathan hickman jonathan jonathan hickman loves to do labyrinth like plot lines that eventually pay off i still don't know what the fuck happened in uh what i love red of shield or secret warriors i i it kind of reminds me of grant morrison sometimes where like (laughs) yeah it's like a like a I know that I, I came to the beginning of the film, but it still feels like, you know, I've missed a reel or two. <laughs> Is Jonathan Hickman re- inserting himself as God like <laughs> Grant Morrison will do? Well, yeah. Wait, was it Hickman that was on Fantastic Four and FF? Yes. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. all him. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like he takes two titles at a time and just kind of, 
Please. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> this will have no implications on the wider Marvel universe I that I'm so writing for. I was confused by the end of his Fantastic Four and FF run. I was just kind of like, what? Why were you confused? I don't rem- I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Do you think, I think that, that people will embrace Guardians of the Galaxy, don't you? Oh, I, I think so. And let's talk about Rocket Raccoon real quick. 300,000 sales in the comic book. I would give that a five-star review. I loved that book. I've only read oh. the free comic day one, but hey, good marketing, guys. Like, Marvel well, Marvel chose, like, kid-friendly one, comics. Issue one was fantastic. And Have it sells 300,000. Yeah. Did you like it? That was all right. Oh. I, I mean, really yeah, it's definitely like it. a kid. It's definitely being written as a kid book. I, I didn't. Think it's so. not. It's an all ages book in the truest yeah. sense. Like it's a book that okay, a kid sees a friendly raccoon on the cover, but it's a raccoon with a gun, and so yeah. the kids are going to be like, yeah. But okay, an adult is also going to be like, it's a raccoon with a gun. <laughs> also, like Star Lord. Star Lord number one came out last week as well, and it was. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. I I haven't read anything by Sam Humphreys, but. I enjoyed it. I don't think I have. Yeah. Um, I I didn't read that one. I I would recommend it. It's a lot mm. of fun. It deals with mm. uh, Star Lord and uh, well, dealing with like him just after his dad has been dethroned. Mm. So. Is that the current thing? I know that Star Lord's origins get bounced around a couple of times in the over the history of thirty plus. Yeah, years. in the comics, I'm not sure what exactly they're doing from the movies, but in the comics, his father is the like. The actual Star Lord. He's mm. the king of what the Spartax, yeah, the Spartax Empire. Um, and his father, like when he was younger, kind of crash landed on Earth. Met Star Lord's uh, mother. They had uh, Peter Quill, and then he had to leave. And then eventually, like some Badoon showed up on the planet, assassinated uh, Peter Quill's mother, and. Uh, what did he do? He found his father's gun, which is where his gun. yeah, his yeah main... which we haven't seen that in the trailer. Well, I know. I was kind of hoping you'd get it at the end, like because he was like, "I need my stuff." <laughs> yeah, but well, they're going they're going with the the Kree suit, which I mean, I think it's cool that obviously we've seen the Kree as maybe an overarching plotline. Ronan the Accuser is obviously a yeah. is obviously a Kree. Um, when we saw Kree on Agents of Shield, which is well, Kree was mentioned on Agents of Shield, we saw. No, that dead body was never confirmed to be. They they talked about it off air as that is that was a Kree. Okay, they've was said it blue? off. They've it yeah, blue. it was blue. They keep asking the when when Sif is on, he asks like, so are there any blue aliens? And then she mentions the Kree, and she says, "Don't worry, they've never visited your planet." And he's like, "Yes, yes, they have never done so." And he looks shiftily, <laughs> <laughs> like we don't have a dead Kree in our basement. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, like, I think it's cool that, talking about the way that Marvel is able to intertwine their plot threads, the fact that they clearly have had this cosmic thread going for a while, that they were, like you said, even if they cut it from Thor 1, they've had it there. Like, when they decided we're going to do Thor and it's going to be cosmic, they're like, fuck it, we're doing cosmic all the way. Like, they clearly had a plan. Well, I, they I put think, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they put in all these. It's cosmic anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, they said, you so know I what, we're going cosmic, we're going to we're gonna make sure it goes cosmic. Like, that's why I wonder, when they do Strange, finally, if they're going to say, let's do the interdimensional stuff. Well, let's do the magic elements. Peter Feige has already said that if Doctor Strange is successful, it opens up a whole new side of the Marvel Universe. Do you think they would buy the, get the rights to Blade back, or some of the, like... They have it, I'm pretty sure. They do? Yeah. Yeah, they, they have, have all their, like, back. Do they Marvel get Marvel Knight stuff, they got those back? Yeah. I almost don't want to even see a rebooted Ghost Rider at this I point. <laughs> If somehow they could do it with the like, like more Netflix, 
I, I think Punisher would suit Netflix well. I, think I don't know why Punisher's Netflix not well. in the Hell's Kitchen stories that they're doing. It just seems like that would have been such a... I mean, Daredevil and Punisher go together like... I mean, they were created in each other's comics, weren't they? No, uh, Punisher first showed up in Spider-Man. Okay, Punisher first showed up in Spider-Man, but, like, don't... They, the, the central villain is the Kingpin. Which, for its appearance, was also in Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... I mean, it, well, they don't have the rights to Spider-Man. I'm saying in lacking yeah. the rights to Spider-Man, if you have Punisher and Daredevil, why aren't Punisher and Daredevil together? Yeah. I get why you have Jessica Jones and Power Man and, and, Luke, uh, Cage. and Luke Cage... But I feel almost like if it's buddy dynamics or whatever, or anti-hero dynamics, like Power Man and, and Luke Cage well, I and mean, Punisher and, and Daredevil. Well, part of the thing is that the Punisher... I've actually heard the guys on iFanboy talk about this a lot. The Punisher works well as an element in somebody else's story, not yeah. by himself. Until you, until you get the magic that is this, these guys at Marvel, they've been I, doing I a great job. Work wonders is like a... Like an HBO show or even Netflix, whatever they can get away with on Netflix. Well, it, it's just that, that you know, place for Dick, uh, Punisher. Well, the Punisher is so single-minded. He's so much an element, yeah. an elemental force, rather than a human being at this point. Yeah. That he works better as a, you know, just something happening in somebody else's story. Yeah. Like Punisher showing up at the end of. Uh, Brubaker's first Daredevil arc in the yeah. prison. Yeah. That is an oh shit moment. Yeah. That is a cool Punisher moment, but it isn't. You know, the, the the best Punisher moments happen outside of Punisher. Okay, I'm just saying like, they should uh, be in it. Then they like, should be in the series. Like the Punisher War Zone, the issue four, for, for where he's at the very end. Yeah. Mm. God, that's one of my favorite single issues of comics ever. <laughs> I agree. It, it's Stiltman's funeral, and. There's a bartender there, and all the villi- villains are talking, and then at the end of oh, it... Oh, I've heard this, yeah. The bartender ends up being the Punisher and killing them all. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> he poison the beer, I think, or something like that? Or? Uh, I don't remember. Forever. It's been forever. That reminds me of, like, Fraction the Flashes mm-hmm. villains. Yep. Don't the Flashes villains, like, go to get get together at bars a lot? Yep. Oh, yeah, the rogues? Yeah, the they rogues. work together all the time. Because they're not stupid like <laughs> Right. <laughs> Remind me to talk to you about something. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just think maybe he could have been, if not a standalone thing, maybe you include cameos from Frank Castle in yeah, each of the four that Netflix. Would work. That would work. Because Definitely. you're doing a Defenders thing. I don't know if he's in the Defenders. I don't think well, he is. But. Well, <laughs> well, none of these Defenders yeah. are the, the Defenders. The Defenders originally was Doc Strange, Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Namor. And Iceman, <laughs> right? Huh? Was Iceman on the team? Or Angel? One of, one of them? Maybe. There's a maybe. lot of different iterations, yeah. though. I know Valkyrie has been in No, it. that's the Champions I was thinking of. Mm. I was thinking of the champions okay. that had Angel, but Marvel can't use the name Champions for whatever. So now it's reason. like the Order or something like that. Or uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Champions had to change over to the Order. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know the reason. That, I guess I kind of understand the Defenders just because they own the title, but it's more just Marvel Knights than anything. What I think, it, I think the are. Defenders because it's the New York team. Yeah. Well, I mean, Avengers are a New York team, but this is the street level New York team. Yeah. Like they actually help New Yorkers. I still wish those would have been set in the seventies. That would have been awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, seventies Luke Cage. I we I I don't know if you uh, how much you listened to that interview with the the guy who did or with Steve Englehart who did a lot of the writing for that because I just did uh, another interview with um, with a comics guy with uh, Jeff Yang and we talk about that because he'd done a lot of research into Asians and comic history and so he's like who's the explicitly Asian first like explicitly Asian character okay let's go back and let's say it's Shang Chi for mm-hmm. like 
wide release books or whatever. And it's like, and he, he still had to be the son of Fu Manchu. <laughs> and so it's like, we, it's so awkward and so weird. And like, there's a lot of black exploitation elements I, in like I hope the he's early. An Iron Fist. Yeah, I, think, I mean, he I should be. Iron Fist. be. Well, nice. I could imagine them doing like Iron Fist. Almost taking place entirely in like Shaolong or whatever the Kowlung fuck. Or... Yeah. yeah, wherever the fuck is uh, That's where he trains. A great book. Are you reading Iron Fist? Yeah, the uh, car. It Andrews just came one. out though, didn't it? Like last it month. Four issues in. Yeah, four issues in. Yeah, it is pretty good Beautiful. so far. Yeah. I'm current on books, by the way. If you <laughs> oh, <can't tell. laughs> Shang Chi isn't out yet. I don't think. They're, he's getting a solo book too. Yeah. yeah, Master of Kung Fu is the mm-hmm. book. Now I haven't read comic books on a regular basis uh, like in three years at this point. Wow. Now. Yeah. I don't know it's just a, it's a weird it's an interesting place to go but it's like it is one of the weird complex history like I don't like fault Steve Englehart obviously we had him on the show but it's yeah. like you can be very critical of the writing <laughs> <laughs> like even just looking at the color at the same time I'm like really impressed and like okay in a way it's very progressive like to say like okay you wrote for the black green uh, green lantern and you brought him into the core and made him the center of the book you wrote his name's the, john stewart john Kate. stewart he's not just the black green lantern he has a name well, yes yes i'm just saying and i was just listening to the character he wrote and he wrote the falcon for a while the falcon was actually the star of his who, captain who america run it's probably becoming captain america yeah um uh and the, the current stuff right and which is kind of like captain america oh, oh. hey which is kind of funny. Can, can I bring up a little bit of controversy that's evidently going on? Oh, yeah, I saw the panel. Uh, What's happening? Where evidently people are upset that the Falcon committed statutory rape, even though he didn't. What? With uh, the character, the the young girl from when Cap was Jinx back. Jinx Zola or whatever the fuck yeah. her name is. Jinx Zola. <laughs> yeah, Jinx Zola. No, that's not the name he's fucking <laughs> around. No, I, no, I, I, right? I, I don't fucking remember whatever, whatever. Was it? Isn't she? Okay, I don't know about this. A jet. I, jet. Jet. I knew it was a jet. Jinx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't read. I haven't wow, read. I, I, I have no, no, no idea no. about what, this. No, no, she's twenty three. Yeah, I know, but a lot. I guess a lot of people didn't understand the timeline and thought she was still a kid. No. Oh, yeah. well then that's a no, 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 no. Yeah, she they, specifically states in the issue that, that would have twenty third birthday or something like that. Yeah. yeah, she turned twenty. But it's making like national news. I'm just like, wait. Why? Here's the panels where she's talking about her twenty third birthday, and I guess like they've even started apologizing to Marvel and all kinds of stuff. I find it kind of funny. Well, yeah, because yeah. people are fucking idiots. Non controversy controversies are no always people a are flummox. fucking stupid. Yeah, yes. it's like they didn't right. read the issue. Reading read... comprehension. It doesn't even have prose. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's a pictures. mark. It's mark. We don't, we don't <laughs> right. believe in reading comprehension. How hard is it? Oh, at my twenty third birthday. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> God, people are. Stupid. I don't know. I'm excited though. Not about that read, controversy. Read. Then, okay, I guess I can make the argument is she mentally mature. Yeah. Oh. The, what, but yeah, you know, that, that, that's like you know. Well, she lived in that dimension or whatever for, for twelve years or something. Like I that. don't. Uh, there's there's something I mean, like that in like, Green Lanterns. That's, that's like you know that's like you know it's like uh, like you know, like that's that leads for interesting debate about like you know uh, like you know like nothing to you know, accuse of remainder of anything but like that you know leaves uh, like you know is it ethical you know that 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 leads to like you know more reasonable than you know like, like the, ignoring the text. They were calling for him to be fired. Wow, that's because they're fucking retarded. Yeah, they did, I agree. Hate to I mean call back to Steve Engel. He did something similar in the seventies or in the eighties with the Greenlander books. He had Arissa, one of the members of the core. Oh yeah, uh, he, yeah. he aged her up. Like yeah. literally, she just points a ring at herself and she's like, "Am I pretty now?" Oh. And like then they start doing it. And, like, it's it's weird. 
<laughs> and then the next rider's like, it's weird. <laughs> so we're going to... Well, I think he eventually gets rid there's of that plot There's been a lot line, of weird but... shit with Marvel, uh, like uh, the Miss Marvel thing and... What Miss Marvel thing? This is years and years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. God, it's... She, like, gave birth to her brother or something odd. Yeah, like it's, it's something everybody just ignores now because it was just it's really. So gro- There's a great thread on CBR. They have an article that is plot lines that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, and the, they're funny. They're great to yeah. read. Like, I mean, some of them were ambitious, but at the same time, most of them are really weird. Like, for instance, there was one comic they showed where the character's power was to become a bird. And it was some Marvel title, I think. And the guy is like, eventually, like, to save this race of dinosaurs, I must become one and then go mate. Oh, I think I've, I've seen that. It's so time. weird. And that was the plot of this entire series wow. of comics. And you're just like, comics were weird in the 90s. This makes me comics, think everyone. of that one section of uh, what the untold story of Marvel that came out last year. Mm-hmm. I listened to that, and there's a section that talks about, you know... It, you know, I get part. I think Stephen Englehart and stuff. Just that whole like cabal of writers at Marvel at that point. Yeah. They used to just walk around New York high off of. Oh no, he's he's <laughs> that. He's like he was like saying. I don't know if he says it in the interview, but he said it other times. Like when he was doing Master of Kung Fu and and Doctor Strange, like Man, uh, they were just high on acid. Yeah. yeah, I wish I would have known that. And yeah. before I interviewed Claremont, I would have been like so. How much acid was involved? <laughs> I think they're gonna go psychedelic because you made you you thought it was a good reference, and I'm like, we've seen that like the spear fucks with people's minds, and Selvig was essentially became a nudist, among <laughs> other things. Like, I think like we will get some Storenko vision, like with the whole thing. Like, I mean, like honestly, like when, like maybe Hawkeye's perspective is a little bit like uh, disco glow, uh, whatever. I don't know. And the same with like st- uh, Doctor Strange and all these things. Maybe we will get kind of that weird kind of yeah. psychic, psychedelic vibe. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the future of Marvel cinema, except yeah. for the fact that Ant Man just hired another writer. Really? Well, I, I, aren't they like four revision? weeks from shooting? I don't, I don't think they're doing a revision. I think they just have writers on hand to work on the script while they're filming there was one thing i read online i think again from cbr saying that one of the reasons because the the creative differences may have been about integration of of additional marvel characters and one of the characters that was hinted at because of the the nature of the villains and because the cia is part of the plot um cia instead of shield because shield doesn't exist anymore it does kind of it has four people in it (laughs) they can't be in this film yeah (laughs) they have contracts of their own but no like and one of the characters names was the was the alter ego of moon knight and so maybe that was something that they were bringing into the universe and maybe james or maybe the director was just like Edgar edgar wright was just like i cannot i can't bring all this baggage in I can't bring in another two or three characters into this movie after six years of development. Mm. Seems like an odd reason. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you could just give them, like, two lines and... Mm. I don't know. <laughs> it's, again, entirely speculative, but from their speculative draft that somebody had gotten the materials yeah. a hold of. Oh, actually, to end things real quick... Uh, because we're at 120 or hour 120 minutes, minutes. <laughs> hour, <laughs> hour and 21 minutes uh, the, the first five scripts of Doctor Who leaked uh, stop leaking shit people I know uh, they leaked the Flash pilot they've leaked this they leaked I, Legend I of Korra I think CW released the Flash pilot everything in it hints at that really because even in it at the bottom of it, it says 
uh, not for review, for promotional use only. That's on every no, thing that you're it, not supposed to release. It goes in and it specifically says for marketing, such and such, such and such. Yes, I've gotten those. That's what every one of those things says. But they haven't done any... They're, I, I feel like they're taking full advantage of it. I don't think they're upset about it at all. I, I don't know. I got a I got a reply from the Flash is W or CW account and they were like, "Well, thank you for not pirating that game," <laughs> which I thought was nice. So I didn't pirate it after. I was thinking about pirating it, but didn't then the I put it on the Twitter. Did the one get released oh, too? Did it? I thought I heard. Mine of Warner Brothers out. just is not a tight operation <laughs> apparently. Well, I mean, I don't Especially know. A part of me almost kind of agrees with David in the sense. That, I mean, it doesn't. What does hurt? It hurt? Hurt, yeah. yeah. I mean, if they if they have it out in the world, I mean, I, it I watched it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we have like maybe three minutes at most because it's so long. But like, can we talk about the fact that all of Cora leaked essentially? Well, wasn't it like three episodes? It was the first five episodes leaked last month, mm-hmm. and the Mexican broadcaster yeah. affiliate of Nickelodeon mm-hmm. just accidentally put them on air. Yeah, and that's a no no. <laughs> uh, well, now so, we got the episodes earlier than we probably would have. I don't know how well it's going to be received because of that. Like this week we're, on Friday, we're getting another two episodes. Like okay. we're going to be done with Cora in three weeks. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm okay with that, but it's just so weird to have this truncated schedule. Like Nickelodeon did not. We got three episodes. Well, what's different with doing that than releasing it all at once on Netflix? People, yeah. will watch it's your not product. the Nickelodeon model. I so? mean, I don't think Nickelodeon has watch. ever come to terms with like I don't know how they're going to produce the next season profit wise. Well, they could release it all in one chunk on Netflix. I they're mean, not going to because they're Nickelodeon, though. I mean, like they they could just be making money off of the Blu-rays. I mean, it's maybe. only yeah. it's only series Nickelodeon has ever actually put out well, on Blu-ray. Really, complete yeah. season sets. It's yeah. very expensive to produce, though. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the it's definitely their most technically accomplished but animation. It's also probably has one of the largest adult fan bases on Nickelodeon. Well, absolutely, as well. but I'm saying a lot of that was broadcast revenue. Like they don't know how to deal with a hit that hits with adults as well. That's been one of the problems of the whole time. But like 17 million people tuning into the finale of the original Avatar series, and however many like 10 million people or 4 million people consistently tuning in means that you have a hit. So if you've been forced to Cut well, that broadcast length like, in I, half. I, I saw. I looked at the release schedule for the episodes, and it looks like from this point on, they're doing two episodes. Two a week. episodes a week. Yeah. So how many episodes? Full twenty six. No, just ten. No, just ten. No, it's longer 13. than that. Fourteen. Yeah. It's so yeah, 13 we're to fourteen again. So yeah, we're done. I think they're doing fourteen because they had. I, I wish they would speed up Turtles. I feel like because Turtles, you only get the twenty six episodes throughout the course of the year. Like they yeah, that's more of an. You gotta understand, an animation can take up to twenty months to produce uh, a single oh, episode. I, I know, but considering that we're not even done with season two, and it's been over two years since yeah. the series premiered, almost. I don't even know if Cora has been ordered for a fourth book or season. I imagine it has, but like I thought it did. I thought they ordered three, at least three more books after the first one was released. I don't. I don't know. I just. I would have to look back at the. I think details. they at least have one more coming out. I just. I feel like it's such a. It's a weird thing because it's like it is expensive. It's awesome. I mean, we haven't talked about that. It's awesome. I like it. Yes, it's very good. Some, I, pe- some people I, didn't I, like the last season. I don't get the people who didn't I've like never the last season. It or uh, Avatar. Yeah, I just. I. I, I, I got the Blu-ray of the second season last week, and I watched it yes. over the weekend. And I was just, I mean, it is fucking gorgeous as fuck. And oh, yeah. It's awesome. Actually, it is a little weird at the beginning. You can tell the dialogue's a little stilted mm-hmm. up until, like, the the origin episodes where they look at the first Avatar. Mm-hmm. 
from that point on, the Steve fucking... Yoon from The Walking <laughs> Dead is the av- the first Avatar. Mm-hmm. But yeah, from that point on, that fucking season is a roller coaster. Of it explores like greatness. It... <laughs> I was I was a little conflicted and like I didn't like the lion turtle scenario for being the thing for bending for everyone and like I I mean demystified. Why? I didn't hate it. I mean, I just I I don't know that that was what I thought the the lion turtle thing i mean about the energy bending and all the things that that i really liked the the origin episodes i thought were incredibly well done because it was it was its own series though yeah just those two episodes were like a perfect myth a perfect representation of what myth can be what it does and not to mention i didn't want to take them too literally is my thing because it was mythic like Mm. you did such a good job establishing it as a creation myth i just kind of think of it as this is her not not sharing the memory of rava and 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 Mm -hmm. and and him but actually just like this is the like storybook version of of this it definitely was designed as sort of like a storybook design um because I, it, those two episodes look like nothing else they ever yeah. did. I mean, they were, were stunningly beautiful because hmm. it, it, it looks like it's drawn like one of those, like, except for the, like the the characters, it, it's like drawn like some of those like flat Chinese, Chinese. watercolors. Oh wow! It, it Both is, episodes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh wow! It is gorgeous. I mean, that episode had a bit of uh, the, that season had a bit of a controversy because unlike the first season of Korra and this upcoming season. They had to split the uh, animation between two studios because the main one was spending so much time on just trying to figure out how to do that one or those two episodes. I mean, I think from that point on, the the regular uh, animation studio took over. But yeah, those first... I don't know, five, six episodes. I think those were all a separate. I, I did still think they were good, especially yeah. the bits like the the ice twins are fucking. Yeah, Aubrey hilarious. Plaza plays oh, a nice. character on the She's show. She's just She's doing great. her Daria voice the entire time <laughs> because she literally has no emotion. This character, huh. we yeah. find it most amusing that you have not died. Yeah, the the voice acting on the show, <clears throat> it's by Andrea Romano. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, Batman, mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I, I mean, etc. Any good cartoon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, Azula's voice actress pinged us on Twitter. And oh. favorited a tweet saying, we'd love to have you on the show. So I'm following up on that. Cool. And she's also in this season. She plays, I think, Hyung Mi. Or I'm, I'm not pronouncing the character right. But she's the the uh, the waterbender who's after after Korra. Which mm. looks pretty awesome. Water With tentacle creepy arms. arms. Yeah. <laughs> creepy water tentacle arms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the the last the last season though the thing that was impactful to me before we end because we could do a whole hour on Korra <laughs> is easily do a whole hour on Korra, but is is uh, is when you see that spiritual connection shattered between like Aang and the past avatars, uh-huh. like when Aang goes, no, four years of my life. <laughs> All right, so. Again, to wrap things up real quick, I just want to get your quick thoughts on uh, Brandon Routh joining the cast of Aero as the Adam. I haven't seen the first two epi- seasons, yeah. so They're I don't. Good. Well, uh, just just the thoughts of Brandon Routh rejoining the DC universe. They're I think good. it's kind of cool that they're bringing on the Adam. Yeah. <laughs> they they also cast uh, Katana. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Devin Aoki. Yeah. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Deadly that, little awesome. Miho. Yes. I, I'm actually surprised that Adam isn't being on like the Flash, you know. Yeah. I, I think it'd they're be both a... science. They could do like science bros things yeah. with them. That'd be that'd be <laughs> neat. What is it? The Lighter Than Air Society. The uh, what? What? The science group that he's a part of, the Adam, and uh, then the all new Adams a part of too. Uh, 
I don't. I've never mm-hmm. really followed Adam too yeah. much. They're, I love the names of these cities in the DC universe, like how literal they are. They're an Ivy League university, so they live in Ivy Town. <laughs> well, I, I find it interesting. Maybe it's DC's attempt to get the Atom out there before Ant-Man. Which, oh. if they were smart, they would do. It's just like Marvel is realizing, like, oh, Sif is popular. Black Widow is popular. Um, even Mystique is popular. We're going to get a Marvel female solo film. We're going to get a Captain Marvel or something before well, we get a Wonder Woman film. Yeah, We just I, I, are. I'm, I'm pretty sure Fox... Especially with Jennifer Lawrence being Mystique, they're gonna. They're gonna have a. They're gonna. I think that that'll probably be like. They're gonna. I think they probably will just decide to explode the release schedule for X Men eventually and just be like, Jennifer Lawrence, you're done with Hunger Games. We're gonna grab you now before you go off and make another Oscar winning film. If you want to do this, considering, you know, you gotta put Here's on oodles of cash. Hours of, like, blue makeup. Even though I think. I heard they shortened the makeup process. Like, the majority of what she's wearing now is just a bodysuit. Her facial makeup is. Um, you, you can yeah. tell if you look yeah. at a picture. She's like, essentially that's... the star of the highest-grossing X-Men film. They're going to offer her oodles of money. <laughs> well, wasn't she wanting to take a break after Hunger Games? I don't. Know. I don't think they care. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the time to nab her is when she's not off doing another Oscar-winning project. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only thing that worries me is if they do end up making the Flash and Arrow part of the larger DC universe, and then having Flat or the Superman with the Atom. If that were to ever fucking happen, or even if they coexist, I don't know. Uh, maybe they kill him off. Yeah. Because the, his character is dead, and yeah. it would be a way of adding more diversity because the all new Adam is Asian. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not. I, they yeah. seem to like be looking at a diverse cast. They've already got a brown Aquaman. They've got. Uh, <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> I know. I'm not being saying it to be coarse. Like, I mean, Dave, Jason Momoa is Native Hawaiian. <laughs> And he's pretty badass. I don't. I, now I can't see anybody else in the role. It's weird. I was picturing Matthew McConaughey five minutes ago, but now I'm picturing all right, David. All right, all right, all right, I thought we were going to get laid back, laid back Aquaman. I don't need it. I'm not going to start man, a war with the I, I Amazons. Love Atlanteans. Uh, I get older, and they stay the same age. <laughs> he just get sits it, down in Atlantis playing age. bongos. <laughs> That's how he calls the fish. He, he plays his bongos. <laughs> I was totally down with that, and then they threw a curveball in, and they had a real. I think it's also an awesome Woody casting Harrelson choice. Is Ocean Master. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think like Ocean Master would probably be like. Isn't one of the Ocean Masters like his Inuit son? I think that that would probably be the direction they would go now because it would be even more organic for them to do that. Isn't it Aqu- Aquaman's brother? Yeah. 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 I thought it was his brother. <laughs> yeah, no, his bro- oh, wait, no, I'm thinking Aqualad is... Aqualad. I'm sorry. Yeah, Aqualad. Aqualad is the, Aqualad is the son of Black... Oh, it's, it's Black damn Panda. comics are confusing. Black yeah, Black, Black Manta. Manta is... Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Like So, let's end... Uh, an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let us... Uh, I just don't want to end with it. weird... Let us end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm this is going to be a three-parter just no. like uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, David, do your spiel. I'm David West. You can well, find me on Twitter yeah. at David West underscore K-O-E-S. You can find Kind of Epic Show on Twitter as well at Kind of Epic Show, also on Facebook. You can also find us on our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our classic episodes now on YouTube as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, I'm David. You can't find me anywhere. <laughs> uh, I can find you right here. I'm looking at you right now, sir. Uh, I'm Andrew. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Jumpin, J-U-M-P-I-N, Jack Flask. 
I mostly uh, make uh, stupid music jokes, and I uh, tweet a lot about uh, basketball. Actually, you're a gas, gas, gas on Twitter. <laughs> I must say. A gas, gas, gas? Jump Jack Flash, he's a gas, it's a gas, uh, gas, yeah. Okay. Rolling Stones, David. Okay. Listen to actual music. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> for, those that, for those that don't know, David likes electronic music. And also... Molly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I like anything, really. Kind of at the show. Fueled by beer and drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, anyway. where are the drugs? <laughs> he, he pressed the space bar again without me. No. I'm Gabe. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle, Gabe? I... I'm Gabriel Canada on the Twitter because nobody else has the spelling of my name apparently. I looked it's it up. Spelled wrong. How do you spell? It's G A B R I A L Canada, same as Gabriel. the country. Gabriel. Gabriel. Hi Gabriel. Did I ever tell you that my you commented on something on my dad's Facebook and page? And assumed I was a woman. And yes. My mom thought your name was Gabrielle. <laughs> she was getting pissed at my dad. Like, who's this Gabrielle talking to you? He's like, that's Gabe. <laughs> That's just like revisiting like every awkward high school moment, like on the PA. Well, a Gabrielle, uh, Canada, please report to the principal's office. Gabrielle, please to the principal's office. I'm aware that there's no gender identity issues here. <laughs> Listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.